This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You're, 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 tuned, you're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagada at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Lindsey? Not too bad. It's Tuesday. And I don't know what it feels like in Pittsburgh right now because I know you're recording there. That's where you live. Cold. And it's freezing. Yeah. That that part's not great. I hate the cold. <laughs> it's a, oh, man. It's the thing is we get to October, we get to November, and everyone's like, oh man, it's so cold. And that's what it is every year. It's going to be 80 degrees for kickoff on Sunday, which makes zero sense. But today it could snow. Yeah, the Midwest uh, Rust Belt winters, uh, fall. I don't know. I, I've never, I feel like the idea of fall is much better than it actually is because it's not consistent enough. Everybody thinks of the 60-degree weather and the crisp air. What I remember is like 35 and there's snowfall in October at some point. We don't, we don't like that. But no, fall's still underrated. Fall's my favorite season when it's 60 degrees and not 40. That's just um, the debate of the day because, yeah, I'm, I'm a summer guy. I, I like the heat. Okay. you. I, I like it for the first month and then I'm done. The thing <laughs> is, and I'm not going to make this off topic, but I moved into a new place about two months ago and I just turned the heat on for the first time because I wanted to see what it was like. It just It would warm up really fast. And it started to smell like smoke. So I turned it off really fast. Pretty sure I should have probably kept it on so to see if it would work or not. But I was not about a fire before we recorded this podcast. So yeah, it's not a video podcast. It wouldn't be as entertaining. Smoke behind me. (laughs) That would be more entertaining than just hearing like a a scream and an oh no. And then the computer goes off and I just got a riff for an hour. It's so bad. So who knows if I'm going to be able to turn heat on this winter. No, I'll get that looked at. Um, But we'll move on. And we obviously talked a lot about the game on Sunday. It was a huge win for the Bengals. If they would have lost, 2-1-4 would be a dark little hole. I want to start with the offensive line because you've had a time to go back, watch the tape. And, you know, you said, I feel like it was Lyle Collins' best game of the season. What did you feel about the offensive line after watching some more tape? Easily his best game of the season because the first thing I think of is he was falling down 70% of the time before this. I think only like five times this week, which is still a lot for a guy, but, you know, it is way down. Like, I don't know. If you watched a game from weeks one through five and you just went at at the end, you just pause and you just look to see if Collins is on the ground. Money is he probably was. This week, not often. So that's the first thing. And then I also think 
he just looked really good. And then the first half specifically, I don't know if things started to catch up to him in the second half. He was a little bit worse then as the game went on. But in the first half, I thought that was like peak Collins stuff. I know some of it's not against the greatest competition. Uh, number 90, don't know how to pronounce his name, Passanoa or something like that, uh, dominated that guy. He hit him with a snatch trap, which is when you hit their hands as they try to push into you so that they fall down. Got him thrown onto the ground on another pass play. Uh, did a great job driving these guys in the run game. He got Cam Jordan a few times and threw him onto his face. It was like, whew. This is the Lyle Collins that we were talking about, that we paid for, that was like an underrated great signing by the Bengals. And we didn't see that uh, before this game. I don't think you could say that about the second half, but the second half wasn't abysmal either. It was more so, uh, so, you know, like it felt like the steam ran down or, you know, maybe his back, it was good for the first half, but he tweaked something, but not bad. Just like, a, I don't know. I try to come up with something because the second half, it just didn't hold up as long. Like the first half that was dominant, all pro law Collins. The second half was kind of, I don't know. He was fine. You know, there were plays he gave up, plays he was still able to do something good on, but mm, there were just mishaps. The rest of the offensive line, it's honestly something I feel like we really haven't talked a lot about. He's fun on social media when we hear him like the up and Ted Harris, and he was voted a captain before the season started. So obviously he's a big impact leader guy in the locker room really fast on this team because he was a free agent signing. And you can already tell how much the offensive line and just this offensive offense overall likes him. What does that Ted Karras and Joe Burrow connection looked like working with him, obviously having a new center this season? I think it's been good. I don't think we've seen a real miss snap a little bit off type stuff once in a while from shotgun that just happens. And it's been nothing that held up the play, but we haven't seen one go over his head or under his feet. Uh, so that's the first thing you look for. Just is he hitting the, is he hitting the snaps? Good. I think he has been other than that. He's been solid. Like every game you watch Karis, I feel like it ranges from fine to solid level play. He doesn't have a bad game. He also doesn't, dominate out there but he's consistently solid he looks like he does a lot of communication he's a leader there's a lot of good qualities with ted karras that make him a positive signing for the team and uh just in general just somebody you like to watch because he does a good job at center i know we don't talk about him enough because it's almost like when a guy's just solid all the time it's kind of like you forget about it and i guess that's also to some people, it's the best offensive lineman to have because that's the guy you're not hearing about. We'll move over to talk about Jonah Williams. And we wanted to mention him last week, just kind of how tough the guy is when he comes back in there and he talks about his whole kneecap getting popped in and out, which is unbelievable to me in the middle of an NFL game, goes back out there. I didn't know if he was going to play on Sunday, guts it out. What's Jonah? Look, what did Jonah look like on Sunday? So I've, I'm kind of upset just because um, he got injured right as he was having like his career, not career, but season best game. So it's like, oh, you really wish. And he continued that game and finished it out and he played really well. So you think even there's some hope for next week, he looked a little bit injured. It just felt like once in a while he would try to lock down and try to clamp up anchor in against these 300 pound pass rushers. And then like, I don't know if it was the knee wasn't able to hold back enough and he had to keep moving back or something like that. Uh, once 
there was a time he tried to push off of one of his legs and look like he didn't get as much movement as he normally was able to, at least he was able to in week five. So just to me, it was almost, uh, I don't want to say disappointing because I'm really happy. And um, I don't know. I, I think it's a gutsy effort to go out there a week after your kneecap gets dislocated and to still put up a solid fine level. I'd say fine, not solid on the, my level scale of for how that offensive line would play. <laughs> not bad, fine, um, but above what the replacements would have given. You know, to go out there and still give it your all, everything with a dislocated kneecap the last week, and I assume pain, swelling, even with the smelling salts and injections that he was probably able to get, just gutsy performance and uh, didn't play his best, but he didn't play poorly either. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I mean, when you say fine, if you look in the Bengals dictionary for fine when it comes to offensive line, that's elite. That's huge. <laughs> I mean, you, you take that from what we have seen uh, plenty of times for the last five to six years since after the 2015 season. A guy's name we don't hear about, and that's always a great thing when you think of an offensive line, is Alex Kappa. How do you feel about Alex so far this season? Best offensive lineman on the team. That's just what I think of is just he's had a couple games that were below the threshold I'd like to see, but he was awesome again this week. He's been awesome in the first two weeks. The middle three there that I haven't mentioned, there was good and bad, uh, but overall, maybe not giving the consistency of Karras is always solid, but when he plays well, he plays best offensive lineman on the team well he's moving guys in the run game and taking where they don't want to go he's putting guys on their back he's pitching shutouts in the past game just overall i thought he was absolutely awesome in the game against the saints and he'll need to be again because well i think that the falcons exterior pass rushers Arnold Ebiketti and whoever else they're throwing out there. Uh, is Marlon Davidson still on that team? I don't know. That feels like a, a <laughs> Charles Barkley in honor of the NBA coming back and <laughs> inside the NBA, the who he play for moment. That's kind of mine where I'm like, Marlon Davidson, is that a Falcon? We're going to find out this week. I just found out Chris Harris plays for the Saints last week. I'm so glad you said that. Because everybody wanted to talk about the Saints defense. And I'm like, look, they're just they're not guys just off the street. And maybe they're older, maybe they're not as great anymore. And then they mentioned his name, and I was like, wow, I didn't even know he was out there. <laughs> but, uh, long, long distraction to just say what they lack on the exterior, the possible Marlon Davidson and Arnold Bacchetti, um, they have on the interior with one Grady Jarrett, who I thought at his peak was like a 90% or so of Geno Atkins, which if Geno Atkins is a Hall of Famer. That's an all pro. That's not a slight on Geno Atkins. That is a, this guy's really good when he's on. And he kind of slipped a little bit the past couple of years, but it sounds like what everything I hear um, that he's kind of playing up around that level again, and you don't want him to take over a game. So 
I need Alex Kappa to put together another elite, awesome performance. All right, a guy, a rookie out there on the offensive line, when you have the supporting cast around you, you do just need to do enough. We've seen the history at the guard position, honestly, since Kevin Zeitler, Clint Bowling um, have left Cincinnati. How do you feel about Cordell so far after six weeks of football? I think Cordell Volson, he's a rookie, but he's not playing like a fourth, late fourth round rookie. He's more so like a second round rookie where he has games and I don't know. He's not had a game much like Karras. He hasn't had a game where he dominated, but he has these solid games and sometimes he could string them together. I think the last couple of weeks, they haven't been the highest level for him, but overall I think of him as he's kind of probably if I looked on paper as the guy that I think is the weak link, especially if Collins is playing well, like he was this week, but it's not, it's not a Jackson Carmen or a, a Billy Price when he was here or um, Alex Redmond, or we can go down a long list of names that were even worse, Michael Jordan. So he's not one of those guys where you could just attack him the entire game and get away with it. It's more so like he's the guy that's, he's the guy I would attack because he's a rookie and he doesn't have the experience. Once in a while, he just has these, I don't know, flubs in pass protection or in the run game that just cause you to think, ah, it's almost there. It's almost there. Just something technically or something schematically or that you didn't get a mental error, just something along those lines happened. Or when the back when they're running wide zone a lot, uh, he was a guy that wasn't really laterally um, a great athlete. So he would miss by not getting out, out, uh, side to side quick enough. So those now that that's gone, he's getting downhill more. I think all these guys work better downhill for the most part. Uh, it, that part's been good, but in pass protection, it's up and down. It's just a little shaky for me right now. And that's where I really care about it. Cause I'm like, yeah, the run game's awesome. Then it's got, you know, a lot of potential now that they're going downhill, but I need to keep uh, Joe Burrow upright. That's the number one goal. Yeah, and I think you were starting to see the rise off of the offensive line. If you were to rank kind of the performances after six weeks of football, where would you put it right now? And is it encouraging to you? Yeah, the offensive line in general has definitely risen the past couple weeks. I think this week was a good performance. Last week was a pretty good performance. It's They're churning out these good performances. So Joe Burrow's got time. I know he took three sacks this week, but two were on the running backs and these linebackers being maniacs running these cross dogs. So the Falcons, I don't think, run that as often, and they don't have the linebackers to run it that well either way. Uh, so I'm not as worried about that. I think – this is the offensive line you kind of paid for. Uh, it's not an elite unit. You don't think they're the Eagles out there being able to run for 10 yards a carry or something in a game, but they're good. And they're anywhere from solid to good, above average type of unit where this is the best offensive line that they've had in years. It's it's just, it's just a solid unit. And uh, at times it can be down a little bit when they play really, really good fronts. But when you play against the Saints, who are a good front, they still put out good performance. So I'm happy with the offensive line. I think they are finally gelling, hitting their stride, everything you want to see. There's still a little bit more room for improvement, but this is this is what they paid for. And it's so nice to see that now um, because there were a few weeks where it felt like every week we were like, is this offensive line going to get better? And it's better. Yeah. 
It, we should play the game when they're on prime time a week from Monday, which I'm not looking forward to on Halloween night. We should play a game. How many national people are watching it? And then say Joe takes a sack and it's his fault or it's Joe Mixon's fault. How many people blame the offensive line and still say that Joe Burrow doesn't have protection on his line? It will happen because there's going to be casuals watching that game. Uh, but the NFL, the offensive line is, I think a lot of teams would take what Cincinnati has right now. It's a problem around the league. It's not the greatest. Yeah, so. especially health. I think the, the they've remained healthy and played like all of the games. So that's that's a huge thing that they've been able to do. Um, I look. There's a lot of teams out there that would take this. Yeah, I, you look around the league. The Jets' defense just killed the Packers' offensive line, who were preseason. You know, one of the top ones that were being listed. So I think they would take what the Bengals were able to do on Sunday. All right. Well, we'll talk a little bit about Joe Burrow before we move on to the defense and a look around the AFC next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.